Welcome to Impact by Choice podcast with your co-hosts, Andrada Aniti and Rahila Khan. Uh, today we have a wonderful guest, but of course, Rahila will be the one introducing her just because. Rahila, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Andrada. Warmest greetings to you and all our viewers out there. Yes, indeed. We have a very old friend. Uh, you know, we go back two to three years. And what an honor and privilege to have her today with, you know, with us on Impact by Choice. And she's no other than Omozo. And I'll introduce her, you know. I think Omozo has created such a presence on LinkedIn. And uh, I just want to share with everyone who's tuning in, in terms of who Omozo is. And, and she's such a dear friend to both of us. And Omozo is an executive neural leadership coach. Of course, just like me, very much involved in emotional intelligence and brain trainer, helping business professionals, leaders, and teams, uh, very much involved with stress and emotional release for resilience and success. And I'm sure she will later on explain more to us what she means by three to five brain system code. And of course, a performance consultant. Over and above that, CEO of Brain, in other words, training the brain to navigate stress, change, and unleash limitless, limitless human brain potential. Very much into neuroscience, up our alley, and rather. So a very warm, very warm and hearty welcome, Amosdua. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much, too. I'm very happy to be here uh, with you and uh, Andrada. It's always a pleasure. We're really happy, happy to have you here. <laughs> I mean, it's always nice to sort of get together with people who share the same interests and uh, do the same work, you know, related work. So that's always very powerful. That's, yeah, yeah, I just want to I just want to take a step back, you know, and I came back onto LinkedIn very actively two years ago. You were one of the very few people that I truly connected with. Yeah. And, you know, we shared so much and, and, you know, looked at the posts that we did. And it was such an honor and privilege working with you. Yes, and we had yeah. that kind of synergy, you know. Mm -hmm. And so much has happened since where we did chat on and off. And then, obviously, sometimes there's a break. But coming back, you know, we had such a good chat recently. And I was just so in awe of who you are becoming, you know, as a leader, as a person, more so as a human being and our beloved Omozo. So tell us, how has it been for you, uh, the whole experience of the lockdown? And, you know, we just spoke earlier on about how we are evolving from it. How, is, how has it been for you? Um, well, I, I, I'd say I have been quite uh, lucky to be a person who's just, um, I have my handful of friends, I'd say even now, two handful of friends, um, that have just always been there for me. I'm always the kind of person that says, you know, keep in touch with your friends so that uh, it's not a question of waiting for the bad times or tough times to come before you sort of know to, to be grateful for who you have in your life and who you are actually traveling each other's lives with. Mm. So that would, I would say, has been the, the great gift that I have been able to tap into since this whole thing started. Because I guess like most people, you go through a kind of shock uh, in the sense of what is happening, especially when it starts to affect what you do. 
professionally, when you're not able to go and do your trainings, when you're not able to go and do your workshops, when you're not able to have that face-to-face -face contact because everything has been locked down. And then there's this whole overload of information that comes in. And along that journey, you try to sort of filter for yourself what part of it am I going to take and what part of it will I not let affect me? Still though, you do notice that it does cost energy to sort of remain solid and resilient despite everything that you're hearing from outside and the pictures that you see. So it's finding your balance. And for me, it was, um, I think everything started mid-February because here in Luxembourg, a lot of companies already shut their doors to external consultants coming in. So I already went through a bit of the process in February, actually four weeks before the actual lockdown became official uh, here in, in, our, in, in, in Luxembourg and I'd say Germany and around. Um, I've grown. <laughs> I've grown. I've been forced to, um, to really, really explore who Omozwa is as a person mm -hmm. and to see where I had gaps that needed to be filled. So this whole being mindful and these mindfulness strategies and things that really calm the mind down, they became the things that saved me from entering um, a, a state of shock of inertia. And that has just been absolutely awesome. Of course, being healthy, um, last year I was in the hospital for five um, weeks because I had a pulmonary embolism and a blood clot in my leg. So I felt like, okay, you know, I survived something that extreme that could have taken my life. Um, and to say, how do you want to come out of this? That, that, that ha was my question in March. How do you want to come out of this? Do you want to come out okay? Do you want to come out fantastic? And what I chose was, I don't want to come out okay. I want to come out thriving, heart, uh, body, and mind. Mm. And I think when yes. you make such a beautiful choice, that drives every other thing you do. Oh, for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's fantastic, Amozo. Um, looking at yourself as a leader, you know, in, in the way we facilitate uh, emotional and spiritual intelligence, uh, I'm sure, you know, during your challenges, you know, we each have to dig deep. And I'm sure that we have to also use our own toolkit. Yeah. What for you did you yank out of your toolkit that inspired you to make that choice? I would say it's my box of power questions, power questions to um, direct the inner dialogue. Hmm. Because I knew that whatever comes out, whatever you share, whatever you pass on, the ripple effect you send out, no matter how small, it will always, you know, be traced back to what kind of self-dialogue you're having with yourself as you're dealing with the very various questions, the various areas. So I, I am a really big fan of asking yourself powerful questions, power questions that not only address the surface level of operating, and you've got to be strong and you've got to be vulnerable and you've got to be very courageous to ask yourself those questions and not to evaluate the answers before you've actually explored them. 
Mm. That is that is a super brilliant answer. You know, I love what you're saying. You know, is that we always go back to self yeah. uh, in exploring and and doing the reflection and self investigation. So in the self investigation, what I'm gathering and what you teach in CEO of Brain is the type of questions you ask. For example, if you are ill, do I want to be ill? Or how then can I train my brain to create new neural pathways for healing? Yeah. Um, it's something like that, Amozwa? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's sort of, I'll give you an example. There was, I think sometime in March, I was just like, um, you know, how far is this going to go? Um, are we going to be able to see our family? And I started worrying about Christmas. So I was quite, I was realistic enough to know that, okay, I don't think we've been, we're going to be able to see our friends and sort of like hug by June, July. But then I started panicking about Christmas. And say, well, okay, Isa is fine if I don't see them, but Christmas, this really can't happen. Now, I still do not have an answer as to what is going to happen in December. But then I started using those questions to start saying, how about accepting things that are as they are? When you can just see it, like uh, you go to the museum, and there are pieces that are changed, okay? But there are pieces that always hang in the same position, same temperature, same lighting. Let's take the Mona Lisa. It hangs yeah. where it hangs. They don't swap it out. It is as it is. And if you can accept those things, then you can sort of say, how can I live with that? So if December you're not able to go and see your family. What can you do that will still um, give you something positive? And if you can embrace that in everything, like you've got a business, and what if I can't do all those workshops that I planned, and what does that mean, and how can I uphold myself? Well, it is as it is, those things that you can't change, but what can I do that will still make me be who I choose to be and how I choose to operate despite those things? Yes. And that so is in other the words, magic. Yes. So you, you leave yourself open to all opportunities, all possibilities in however Absolutely. it is to happen. So my understanding yes. of what you're saying is acceptance of reality as it happens. As it happens. I choose to accept reality as it happens. Yes. Get to that point and what next? And what and next? Just remain up. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. your your because your mental energy, it's not like you have a lot of it. Okay. And you need to focus and you need to be um I, I don't know, efficient. And you also need to take care of yourself. So it's always the question, what war do you want to start fighting? Where do you want to focus your energy? What are, how are you going to allow your thoughts and what you're feeling direct what you're doing? And can you truly look in the mirror and say, I am taking responsibility of each path I choose to tread? Because at the end, mm. you choose to tread that path. So are you okay? Are you sure you've got in that rucksack on your back? Have you got what you need? Are you taking things that are archaic? 
because that you don't need? Are you allowing space so that you can draw on new things to put in that rucksack as you travel, traverse the way? And each one of yeah. those things is a decision. It is a choice. And only you is responsible for taking the choice, living it out, and the consequences that follow. That's and yeah, the yeah. And and whether I think this resonates a lot with you as well, I'm sure. It does, it does, for a fact. But I have an additional question here because I've observed a lot of people who had hard times doing exactly that, right? Accepting the fact that they are the drivers of their own train, so to speak, right? They are responsible, directly responsible of their actions and how they uh, govern their, their life. So based on what I just said, my question for you, Omo, uh, would be if you had to deal with a person, such a negative person, right? That during this time is not able to accept the fact that there's more than sadness, more than just, uh, you know, an endless sea of um, negativity. Uh, but still they wouldn't be open to embracing your approach. How would mm. you go about it with them mm -hmm. well, well well that's a big one that's a big one actually and there, there are just many things i'd like to point out there well you see i i think the first thing is that um i think of a buffet uh foreigners come and you don't know where they're from and they invite you to eat and uh, well you don't even know the name of their country or where they're from so you already go with that idea that the buffet is going to contain things that you may not recognize, okay? So you could either eat something from your house before you go there, just in case, okay? <laughs> uh, you, prepare, you prepare yourself in a way. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then you go, you know, and, and so you, it's not that you, you still have fear, right? You still have fear because you're going to go and they have already told you you're going to be there for six hours. So at some point you're going to have to drink something and you're going to have to eat something. But at least, you know, you're not going to starve because you prepared. That is one way to approach the situation. Another way is to just say, look, I'm going to go. I'm totally afraid, but I'm going to be open. That's another perspective. Right. Uh, another perspective is I really don't like this. I feel uh, forced to go there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to dislike everything. That is another perspective. What am I trying to say? I think it's not about being negative. And I don't actually like to say somebody's negative. I, I like to, I prefer to say that a person does not know. And when you don't know something, what happens with the brain is that the, the, the amygdala, the inner mind chihuahua is just saying, we don't know these people. We don't know this buffet. We're going to starve. This is the end of the world. And that is the dialogue you're going with. And so depending on, are you somebody who uses power questions and says, hey, I've got this amygdala, inner mind chihuahua, uh -huh. thank you for warning me. I've got this. Let's explore. There is no danger till we see danger. It's not because you smell meat roasting that there is a fire. Do you know what I mean? Right. But again, mm. that takes yes. practice. That takes practice doing. So if I work with somebody who has not yet built up a habit of 
going about the self-dialogue differently than he or she has always done it, everybody's open. Everybody, I mean, if you're going to be locked in, now imagine you get to that foreigner's house and they lock you in. And then you realize you can't get out there till maybe, I don't know, 20 hours later. What does that mean? You are forced to use their bathroom, to drink, and to eat, okay? And to sit down somewhere. So you are forced to, 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 to face this, your dialogue is going to change over the evening, isn't it? Because you have no choice. You know they're not going to let you out before the time is over. And that sometimes adversity or tough situations force you to actually have a different dialogue, to ask different questions, and to learn new ways of perceiving the same situation. So it's never that somebody is not open. It's just you don't have the habit. You have never explored it. If you always um, address a certain emotion in a certain way, and that's all you see, you will continue coming back to experiencing that emotion till you learn a new perspective. It's that simple. I love that because you um, you eliminate a you know, at all costs, the negativity. But on the other hand, you're teaching people that um, unless they accept what's out there, you know? Yes. It is <laughs> as it is. Change. Yeah. 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 Nothing will change. I mean, if you think anger, anger is telling you something you're doing is not working and so you are on top of being angry you're getting frustrated but it is in your hand to say what is the message here and the message is change what you're doing if you want a new result so you don't even need to worry about okay what do i do but you can now at least be calm enough to say let me even just explore looking at different perspectives and through that yes you are able then to see the different possibilities. And then you can now say, well, you know, that is not making me nervous. So let me change that approach. Let me, let me explore that. I have nothing to lose. Isn't it great? You can always go back to your original way of dealing with the emotion. That doesn't go away. You've got the mm -hmm. habit. <laughs> you have nothing to lose. But then you can try something new. And that is empowering. And that makes you get out of the so-called comfort zone. The comfort zone is you with what you know. The comfort zone is you and your habits. The comfort zone is you and those secrets. You know when you know that thing is not good for me, but you still dwell with it. Even in your comfort zone, if you are honest, you will be able to identify there are things that are not really nice. And then you can mm. explore. You can explore. And you can always tell yourself, I can always come back. I have nothing to lose. Keep that door open and say, well, you know, if I don't like what I see, I'm going to run back but to change your inner dialogue and to understand the deep meaning of you understanding yourself, being aware of your triggers, understanding your emotional landscape and how you surf it. It's your responsibility because you, as you go out into the world, as you deal with life, whatever it faces you, presents you, you have a responsibility for the ripple effect you send out 
starting from within yourself and outside. Nobody else, you. And it takes awareness. And can you do this in uh, two minutes? No. People ask me, give me two tips of how I can just snap out. <laughs> no. <laughs> There is no such thing, right? There is no such thing as two minutes. If you really want long-term, uh, we're talking now long-term, you can breathe and calm yourself down. But I'm talking of long-term, over the years, how do you want to be able to understand yourself and uh, leave a legacy that you would even feel yeah. warm-hearted about? Amazwa, you know, this is very, it's amazing how this conversation is taking us to another place. I love what you shared now. And um, the truth of the matter is there's no magic bullet and there's no band-aid. So it is about the questions we ask ourselves and whether we want to change. And in change, we look at a situation as you so beautifully, you know, expressed just now. Um, in having that choice, how we can then leave ourselves open through leading questions in allowing all these insights to come to you, mm -hmm. which we know as in Maslow's hierarchy is coming yeah. from the bottom of food, shelter and clothing, going up to self-actualization. Yeah. And, and I love what you shared because that is a process. Um, everything in life is a process, step by step. And you can't give somebody two tips and say, yeah, that's it, you know. Yeah. Each person will have to suss it out for themselves when there is a readiness, when there is uh, an openness as yes. such. And I think this lockdown has done that, you know, for so many of us, because what do we do in this respect, uh, restricted, confined space? Mm. And it's amazing how our minds just open up into looking at things differently. Yeah. So I love what you said, because... I think we need to, as you know, as facilitators, as leaders, mm -hmm. teach this more and more, you know, to, in fact, for even for ourselves, even for me, I had to look at ways, different ways of how to navigate through this, you know, and you, you're quite good at that in, in what you do as a leader, as a coach, in how to navigate through stress, you know, yeah, yeah. and maybe like, with tips given, you know, in management of stress, that may work, like how to yeah. breathe properly, sure. how sure. to observe your emotions, for example. I think those things will help as in giving tips to others. Agree? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure you, you have been doing that more so now with others. And also what I'd love to bring here and now is in our conversation. In how during the lockdown, you know, you shared with me in how you helped your neighbor. What did that do for you as, you know, as someone in looking at fear, for example, right? Yeah. Our own fears yeah. or fears imposed by others in where we are yeah. in our conversation. And again, by choice, it was so amazing to hear what you did. Would you like, are you open to sharing that in a yeah, way? Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, have... Thank you. Uh, I have a I have a neighbor who uh, ha has a dog and she's quite elderly. So, of course, all her children are like, mom, stay in, stay in. We will do all the stuff for you. And I was bitten by a dog when I was about 11. So I'm not really good with dogs. 
Now I have a friend who has a beautiful dog called Kika, Karen Van Hout, and she has this big dog and it's so good. I visit Karen. Well, that was pre COVID-19. And, and we have a, you know, now I don't get nervous when this big black dog barks and, you know, we, we, it, it, it's, it's a good arrangement. I respect her. I don't give eye contact till Karen says, you can do that. Anyhow, my neighbor has this dog and obviously she can't walk the dog herself because her children says, stay indoors. So I offered, and you know, I, I heard the, the words coming out of my mouth and just said, walk the dog. <laughs> what were you thinking normal people say i can go shopping for you i can take your bin out i can get your letters i'll wear gloves but walk the dog it was just like when it comes out of your mouth and then you think what will happen if i'm walking on the road and this dog attacks me Okay, so I had to deal, first of all, what that fear did to me. But then the other fear of, what if I walk with the dog and I see another dog coming that wants to attack me <laughs> or attack the dog or there's going to be a dog fight? So I find myself having all this dialogue. Either way, you know, I, I went about it and just said, just breathe, you know. The lady said, the dog is good. It's a friend. And I didn't give her eye contact. I was in control. And I said, well, just do this. Let's walk. If you see a dog coming, just turn around, you know, find your way of, of dealing with this. And all of that brought, I would say, courage. Courage. And understanding that courage is not something that it's a label that is already in you. Rather, it is something that you activate through a certain choice you make. And that has but been beautiful. Takes a lot of courage to go and activate the courage, right? <laughs> yeah, everything, everything. So courage, is, yeah, courage is activated in yourself. You know, asking somebody a question you wouldn't ask them before, like, okay, look, I this is what I offer. Would you be interested? Maybe this is something that you didn't do before, but the fact that you actually think about it and then you put it into action, that in itself is something that doesn't come easy but yeah. when you can share with people that no it, uh, when it, when i say it doesn't come easy maybe you will feel it as a kind of tension somewhere in your body you start sweating before like you're walking this dog you're looking at it but you're not showing her that you're looking at it and you're walking and you're leading her with the leash and you also don't want people to see that you're absolutely afraid right now <laughs> and you're courageous. Yeah, but all of that is action. I think we have to think of mini steps, mini steps. This act of how do you see yourself? How do you get self-awareness? And what you said, Rahila, how do you tap into that space within to actually be able yes. to be calm enough. Let me show you something that I started doing. So I started doing these mandalas, right? I don't know if you know that. Oh, but I this love one it. Is so Absolutely love it. Um, color. And I just finished recently, I did this one. Okay. Now the time that you take to actually color everything and think after that, I felt so magnificent. 
I had ideas. I just yeah. took my time. And you're, that is how you get it. It's not like it's a quick, quick thing. You really need yes. to take the time to reach that space, to open the door that just allows you to be, and then let what should happen, happen. Yes, that, I love this because it ties into the beginning of our conversation in that you remember you said sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and leave yourself open to endless possibilities. And we cannot predict the outcome as it were, but we can navigate through it. And look at what courage did when you agreed to do this for your neighbor, that sort of the fear and, and what may happen, those endless possibilities of the negative was literally not there. Now, here's the thing, Andrada, which would, which would fit in very well in what we were talking about is the intentional, mm -hmm. the intention or the intentional uh, giving or sharing and wanting to serve came from a place of good intention. Yeah. And that intention in serving your neighbor, in walking the dog, literally created the new programming in the new neural pathways in your brain that gave the messaging to the rest of your body that when that happens, when I'm walking the dog, if another dog comes, I'll deal with it as it happens. But you know, when you do that, you actually don't attract that because you're putting out on your path effortless grace. So it's so good to teach this in a way through this podcast, you know, mm -hmm. of how when you have pure intention of serving, that mm -hmm. that negates all the negative. Amoswa? Um, you know, it, it, it's a very crucial point in our conversation, if I may, may add. You know, we talk about uh, past conditioning, learned behavior, and looking at fear. And your, your experience of being bitten by a dog before, yeah. okay? Um, in, in offering your help to your neighbor, did that thought occur to you in that moment or not? Um, well, after I had said, no problem, I can take your dog, then, uh, the, the, my, my, of course, you know, <laughs> my inner mind chihuahua was reminded me, have yeah. you forgotten? We, we, we have no information about walking a dog. We have the information you've been bitten. Yeah. That's it's right. So, so if, you could share, if you could share what happened in that moment of letting go of that past experience in embracing the new? If you could take um, us through. Yeah, so I couldn't take it back. <laughs> I had offered. <laughs> I couldn't take it back. And so for the day, I, I prepared myself. Uh, I did go back to Caesar Milan, who is like a dog whisperer. And I kind of watched two or three episodes to see, okay, what do you do if you walk a dog? He has this show where he actually gives a dog to a certain family. And he talks about your body language. And I said, well, I'll do that. And I have never seen this dog wild. But I did know that the fear was there. Um, was I nervous? Was I focusing a lot on my breathing just to be calm because I knew I didn't want to make the dog nervous and I didn't go far. I had her number in case I had to call, like I thought, you know, what would happen. But as I started to focus on shoulders up more confidently, don't tug on the leash, lead her with compassion so that she feels good and knows this is good. Sit, 
Okay, let's go. And I didn't have time to think about I am afraid or I feel afraid. And indeed, there were people with their dogs also walking and I head up, nodded slightly and head on. And, and <laughs> it was wonderful. And on the way back, I felt so confident. I felt so free. And then I really realized it is what you focus on that determines how you experience everything. Right. And the fact that I wasn't focusing on, I am afraid, I am afraid, rather, I'm walking this dog. How obedient is she? Sit, let's go. All the way down, and after a 30-minute walk, came back with her. Fantastic. Focus. Perspective. You know, that, you're amazing. You are so amazing, Omozo, and I salute you, you know, for your courage. And also, you know, even including myself and I know and rather you as well, is what we are learning is we are taking our own advice. In what we mm. are teaching others, we are teaching ourselves that we also lack skills. Like you took it upon yourself to learn animal communication or communication with the dog. You went and you, and you looked at uh, how, how can I equip myself with certain skills? You know, like sit, stay, these are commands that we give. Yes. And also you, you went in deeper and said, I must be calm. I need to be centered. In the eventuality of something happening, I am equipped. Uh, these are the messages you're giving your brain that in the yeah. case of some emergency, I, I prepared myself with backup plans, A, B, and C. And I yeah. think this is so amazing because it's a basic few steps that we take. But you know, life is amazing in how it teaches us because it's the same steps you can take in business, in your personal yes. relationship. Yes. Actually, yes. in every which way. In you every know, way. It's, it's like what I it's, Yeah, it's like what I said about the rucksack. What is yeah. in the rucksack? Do I have everything I, I need in it? I had her, I had snacks and you know, it's like when she sees it good dog here is a little i learned how to put it there so that even if she wanted to bite me you know i'm not saying that fear disappeared but i kind of prepared my actions to and it was fantastic sit good dog patted her and i asked questions does is there any part she doesn't like being touched or whatever and the lady said she's just so calm so sweet and the nodding and people i saw me i think even a part of me went out to say look at you you can be calm, but actually you need to choose it because when you tell your brain, I am choosing calm, it is an instruction and the brain obeys and 100%. then you are able to do it. You know, this is so amazing. This is why we wanted to chat with you today. Because you have so much to offer us, so much to offer the world and humanity right now. And just in your sharing your experience, bring heaps and heaps of inspiration to myself even. I was over the moon, you know, when you shared this in our conversation. And I thought the world needs to, to hear this. And I am so grateful that, you know, you choose to share this with us and the world today. What do you think, Anrada? I was just thinking about this, you know. Um... Omar, you said that the brain is listening. So I was somehow visually and just mentally, you know, 
doing a parallel between the dog itself and the brain, you know, and how you actually yeah. used the training for the dog to train your brain. I don't know if it makes any sense, but that's it does. how it feels to me. And it's, and it's really, really interesting. You know, I just love the analogy of all this and how it all ties in, you know, with, with the fact that maybe um, if we would be even more aware to the techniques that the, the, the dogs and the other animals are being trained, maybe we would get in touch with our own brain and with our own emotions more. I don't know, just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I like to call my brain the inner mind chihuahua, know, whatever you want to call it. That's adorable. But you know, that. I really see it like that. It warns you of danger. It tells you smoke and smoke means fire. But yeah. it's a question of perspective. Smoke is smoke sometimes, and it's just smoke. From a, from, a, from a grill, that's it. It's not fire, it's not danger. And we are quick to act, we are quick to, to judge and we are quick to evaluate. And I think that it's missing a step. And what my work is, is to teach people that there are steps. You know, when you do the alphabet, you don't say A, B, F. There is C, D, E, F. <laughs> you know, the, the, and, and, and so you need to know how far do you jump from A, B to M? Because only by identifying what, which alphabets you've, you've le which letters you've left out, are you able to actually work yourself back? When people talk of re-engineering and working yourself backwards, yeah, what does that mean? What is it that you skip in the way you behave? Because like Rahila said, it affects your business. It affects your insights, being able to use your insights. Because sometimes you can also tap into insights, but you don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, I had, a, I had a client today that's going through a very abusive marriage. And I'm looking at, at the way you handle the dog. Uh, in the way you looked at empowering yourself in learning new techniques, learning new skills, creates a whole new toolkit in how we manage relationships. Yeah. So this relationship with the dog is no different to a relationship with the human being. And it's so amazing how animals teach us so much as well. Exactly. You know, yeah. in respecting yeah. them, uh, in how they receive positive embedded commands. And, and as humans, I think this lockdown has taught me so much about that as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, in how we communicate with other human beings and what is it that we can do differently. Uh, and yeah. that also Mosul, comes back to choice, you know, in how we choose our thoughts, in how we're going to choose our next behavior as well. And that's how we grow and evolve in a way. Am I right? Yeah, I, I would say definitely. Uh, the new, new. Uh, I'd like to say everybody's talking like I want to get back to normal. The, the, I want to call it the new new. The new new is going to be um, created depending on what you have taken from this. Mm. The new new is for you on your own terms. You can't copy somebody else's way. It has to be your way. So I think this is the time. Actually, I think every time, every day is the time <laughs> to know how am I going to tread tomorrow, the new day, the new season, the new period. How am I going to live it? How am I going to be with myself so that I can be with others? 
so that we can have a win-win situation. Mm. A win-win situation where everybody can thrive in and out. And self-awareness, it starts with that. You know, what you don't see in yourself, what, what you're not able to say, think, feel about yourself, you can't see it in others. And it doesn't matter how many times we say the word emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence works by you saying, I feel frustrated right now. I feel fearful. I feel angry. I feel lost. And not seeing it as a weakness, rather saying, I see this as an opportunity for me to ask questions I have not asked myself before. And let me just see what it's going to lead me to. Think of it like Disneyland. You've never been. It's a new one. They've just opened it. And there's so much to discover. And you've never, ever entered certain doors. Like, wouldn't it just be amazing to say, I'm going to open this door and I'm going to see what's going to happen. Uh, but also to know you're not alone to do that. And it's not digging into deep things, but asking, I feel frustrated. What is it that I am doing that is making me feel this way? And connecting the dots. Yes. yes. Brilliant. Uh, can 100%. we please just jump in here? Because you said at some point, and I know that Rachila also uses this approach, uh, you said that you cannot see in others what you cannot see in yourself. Um, I would like to link my next question to um, a tiny story. So I was uh, talking to a friend of mine the other day, and at some point she said, um, you know, actually you're seeing in others what you cannot see in yourself. So um, here I'm trying to understand in a sense, um, if it makes sense what she told me, or if everything is just, somehow I know the answers, but I would like to learn both of your approaches, right? Um, if, so if it makes sense that uh, we see in others what we cannot see in ourselves, or everything is just a projection, as Rakila said as well, everything resumes to self, come back to, uh, comes back to self, and then is just reflected in the outer world. Does my question make any sort of sense? Rahila, you go. I'd like to, I'd like to learn from you. Mozo, <laughs> <laughs> we learning from you today. <laughs> but you know, the, the, the best example of Mozo <laughs> is the dog. <laughs> and rather, what did Mozo see in the dog? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coming from her projection was fear, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. From being bitten yeah. before. Right. However, look at what's changed, right? So the, the old projector of Moswell would have been, I've been bitten by a dog, so I will project fear. Mm -hmm. But can you see what a Moswell did in the moment? She changed the movie on the projector. Yeah. She said, I am not going to project that old movie of fear because I was bitten by a dog. Mm -hmm. And let that experience go because her rucksack doesn't want to carry that past baggage. Mm -hmm. So what did she do? She then started doing a new movie. And the new movie is, yes, I'm going to walk the dog. I already made a commitment to my friend, my neighbor next door. And I'm going to create this movie 
And in that movie, she prepared for every eventuality by being mm -hmm. equipped with new skills and a new way of being. Mm -hmm. And in the new way of being, as she walked the dog, she did it effortlessly because the energy she was projecting was one of calm. And the dog registered it. Omozo is no threat to me and I'm okay. So if she tells me to right. sit, I will sit because she can sit. If she can walk, I can walk. So the dog's intelligence mirrored her in every which way. That's what we talk about. What we see in ourselves is what we project. So it's about creating all these new movies. Yes. So, so often we tend to idolize celebrities and people and think, wow, they're the best coach and you put them up on the pedestal or that movie star. Right. And we think they are them and we are here because we're feeling so small. So we are projecting lack of confidence, self-worth, self-esteem. But what happens when we build that? When we build our own confidence, self-worth, self-esteem and our image, we are the celebrity. You don't need to idolize anyone or want to become that. So what you're seeing in the other, you become that, you are that. And that is what you're not seeing. But when you start working on yourself as Amozwa worked on herself in how she's going to walk the dog and talk to the dog in the, in the conscious communication she's going to be feeding out there, that's exactly what happened. Can you see that? So the boat became empowered. In empowering herself, she empowered the dog. In you empowering yourself, in seeing yourself, as the most confident someone with the self-esteem and image, you are the celebrity. You don't need to be another celebrity. You be yourself. And that's what Amozo alluded to earlier on. It's all right. about each person awakening to themselves and their potential. Mm. Am I right, Amozo? Mm. Uh, I, I, I mean, how, how can you top that to me, Candy? <laughs> I, I love that. I love that really. So I, I you know, especially because you say this, uh, adoring others. I, I really want to say, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong in saying, oh, I really admire the work of that person. I really like what that person does. I think it's about breathing for yourself. When you start using that as the measure of what you can achieve in your life, who you can be in your life, if it is based on what somebody else is, uh, what somebody else is doing, I would only say, unless you live within the four you know walls of that person's home and you follow the person and you know exactly what he or she is doing you know when the person has a high a low a midway how can you actually you that's out of your control you are using something to define what you want in your life what you aspire based on something you can't navigate so back to yourself navigate yourself don't you can look at a, a, another person you can say oh, i really i really admire the person's work ethic or what the person achieves but at the end of the day what drives you should be so that you recognize it that you know it yes. that if you were blindfolded you can feel it you can connect with it and Yes. Only then can you course correct because it is within your grasp and you cannot course correct something that is driven from outside hmm. in, in how you operate. And I, I, I can only say now I walk the dog. I don't think about it. That first experience of just, I would say, saying fear, you know what, get thee behind me. 
don't have to thank you i'm gonna be cautious but get me behind me because we're going for a walk how about that we're gonna look at the blue sky we're gonna look at the green around i'm gonna nod at all the other dog walkers confidently and even though i know there's a part of me that's saying oh my god are you really doing this are you walking a dog like you've been doing this for years <clears throat> i embrace that part too because it doesn't mean i don't have respect for the dog i'm just saying we are karen's dog healed me i remember she was cooking in her kitchen and the dog has a basket in her living room. And she, Kika looked at me and I thought, oh my God, now she's going to eat me because her owner is in the kitchen. And uh, she stood in front of me and, uh, you know, the, the, the TV is there and Kika stays there. And she looks at me, then she moves closer and she sits. And I'm thinking, Oma, what does Caesar Milan say? Don't, don't look at the dog's eye. Be the leader. And she moves closer. And this time she puts her head underneath my palm and i said oh my god how sweet and then i was like oh okay you like that good 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 and i said karen what is she saying what does this mean and karen's saying she's saying pat my head i'm good touch me play with me i see you see me mm. Wow, and that is so beautiful. Heartwarming, yeah. So Kika, Kika healed me, and I didn't know that there would be a next part, which was the moment I said, "It's okay, I can walk your dog." It wasn't an; it was just to say, "How are you okay? Do you need anything?" But then the dog came around the corner, and it's it came out, and that's the next phase. So I think what also drives me in this lockdown and what is to come and how how do i foresee and how do i go about it and how do i teach people go about it by be okay with the fact that there is a lot to come there are doors to open and when it's time for you to open them you will open them but be equipped in yourself, be ready. Know that if somebody rings on your door right now and says, hey, come, we're going on a journey, be equipped. Are you equipped? Do you know how to manage yourself that you can go on that journey despite the emotional landscape? Mm. Beautiful. Wow, Amoswa, this is truly amazing, this, this conversation. Um, you know, it's amazing how life comes full circle in teaching us that your healing came through uh, your neighbor's dog in healing something from the past. And also Karen's dog. Karen's yeah. dog was the catalyst for your healing oh, yeah. in embracing, in embracing uh, dogs, as it were, and the energy of dogs and their love, unconditional love. Yeah. Uh, it's truly inspiring. You know, you could write a book on this. It's so amazing. It's so beautiful in teaching, <clears throat> you yeah. know, what, and I'm rather not sure whether um, we answered your question or not, uh, you know. Well, I'm going to address another question, <laughs> just, in, just in case. And that is, sure. um, there is this concept of other people mirroring you know each other so yeah. throughout your life's experience what both of you i would like to learn from both of you what it what it is that you 
came across in terms of mirroring? I mean, again, is it just self-projection or is it actually, um, you know, does this mirror actually exist? Because I've, I've heard a lot about people mirroring people, you know, and I'm a bit unclear about that and I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one. Um, well, um, the, 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 there is something in the brain called mirror neurons. The brain has mirror neurons. And what do these mirror neurons do? They make us relate to each other. They, may, they draw us, we imitate each other, right? So if I, you know, you might, I might lean forward and you may find yourself leaning forward. Right. Uh, you might move backwards and you might smile and tilt your head and somebody does the same. So it means that we are learning. Thank God that we have this mirror neurons because what they do is that they allow us to, to, to make decisions. Oh, Look at, she's smiling at me. I think I'm going to go towards that person and explore. I could trust. Oh, that person is frowning. Mm. I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't find that comforting. So I'm not going to go close or I'm just going to stand where I am and I'm going to be cautious and observe. So the mirror neurons are very important in being able to decide if something is good for you, if something is not good for you, do I like that about, is that something I want to also add to my repertoire? Um, again, it's a choice. If you have a grumpy neighbor and you, you see that behavior, you're still not just going to copy it, right? So mirroring, yes, but it doesn't mean that you just absorb everything. You still have to make a choice. It directs us, but some of the things you have to be a bit, uh, yeah, exercise your power of choice. Like, is that good for me? Does that, do I find that resourceful for me? And in a team, it's so important to know this effect of mirror neurons so that you can see who, who has an issue, who is not relating, what can I do within my team? Because if people are not able to blend and see, um, to feel trust, yeah, serotonin is not released and, and then you, you lack trust, you can't bond, uh, you don't feel good, uh, you, need, you need oxytocin for trust. It's important what, what chemical is being released because if it's cortisol, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're stressed and there's no trust. So, yeah, that's what I would say to Miriam. How about you, Raila? Yeah, it's, it's the same, you know, in my training. <clears throat> uh, we learned about healing in conscious communication. And, and you nailed it in saying, you know, you either move towards or against. Mm. Um, if I smile, if I'm walking in the mall, and if somebody sees me, then they'll smile as well. And if I smile and they don't, I don't take it on because I can understand that somebody is not having a great day or they're not very aware of themselves. Like you said, self-awareness in emotional intelligence is a key. Um, it's all of that. And in the workplace, it's even, you know, it's even more difficult because you're working with different personalities. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, the work we do is critical 
in teaching self-awareness, in allowing us to, like you rightfully pointed out earlier, everything is about feeling our emotions. Right yeah. now I'm feeling grumpy. I need to sit with it. I need to finish with it. And the moment you release that, then you can replace, it gets replaced with something better. You've got to yeah. empty the vessel in order to fill the vessel as it were. Yeah. So if everything is an energy field, so the emotion is, is an energy charge, which you will release through your breathing and other techniques yeah. of tapping and what you can do to release and diffuse that. Once that is diffused and your energy field is much more effortless in the body and you feel more relaxed and then also with the law of attraction, you will attract like-minded people to you yeah, yeah. or you'll only attract people who are relaxed, like the dog in you. The dog became relaxed because it sensed you were relaxed. The dog yeah. became more obedient to you because you were obedient to the dog in yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is the mirror image that you can learn yeah. to take forward um, when you love yourself, when you stop looking for love outside yourself when you love yourself totally the whole yeah. universe will conspire to bring love yeah. to you you yeah, don't need yeah. to go and seek it out yeah. so it's all about what happens within yourself in your biochemistry yeah. that you will project in the mirror image of what you're going to get in your relationships going forward like attracts yeah. like yeah, um, yeah. if you're an angry someone you're going to attract a club of angry people yeah yeah sure it's like a magnet right? isn't it yes yes 100 percent. yeah so you and can i like choose what... which club which club sorry uh Amosa, yeah, yeah. which club do you want to belong to sorry yeah. continue please do yeah. continue i i i just i just wanted to you know you said something right now and about the dog about uh, the dog being obedient i would rather i i would even say i learned from what the dog mirrored the dog was a exactly. good dog it was an obedient dog. It was a calm dog, very much protective of its owner, whoever that person is, which is the reason why everybody could walk it. It was never aggressive to anybody. So actually, the dog gave me the healing pill that I needed to learn, be calm. This is okay. We're going for a walk. So I would say the dog mirrored that and I learned that and now I mirrored it back. So it was, it was, 100%. we were able to flow with each other because I wasn't doing the opposite of uh, uh, the opposite, which would have been then unresourceful for this connection yes. in that moment. Yeah. Right? You see, again, Andra, that comes back to when you're looking at the mirror, let's look at relationships, especially where there's mm -hmm. romantic relationships or marriages and why do marriages and relationships don't work out? is because your expectations of each other does not mirror. It, it, there, there's no congruence. Our yeah. values are different. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you're going to mirror something that you are projecting and you're going to get that result. Like Omozwa said, if you're going to look at everything in the same way and practice the same behavior, you're not going to get different outcomes. Right. You see? So in the same way, when you're looking at the mirror, when you see somebody in the workplace or anywhere, and if you're in a certain space and they are not, then you've got to be silent and look and, and see what is it that I need to learn from this? Mm -hmm. Why did I attract that? What is it that I need to heal as a Muslim healed 
her issues of the fear of the dog. The moment she went in and began the healing process, what happened? She had a, the most amazing uh, time with the dog in walking the dog. There were no issues there. It's the same with human relationships. So everything is a mirror image pointing back to self. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she changed that by equipping herself with better skills. So what renders us competent in relationships are all the skills. Why do marriages break down? Why do relationships uh, are so dysfunctional? Because we don't have the necessary skills. Yeah. The moment we have the skills, everything changes. Am I right, Amosua? Well, yeah, um, definitely. The skills, your, your actions um, uh, are driven by the, the, the ke brain chemical you need. Yes. Now, if you, you know what I mean? Like if you eat, if you want, if you need excitement, oh, you need excitement, you're bored. It means something because that need is going to make you do something. You need excitement. Oh, that means your brain needs dopamine. That's why you're bored. And you will do whatever it takes to get your dose of dopamine. If that means going to the fridge for the nth time to eat the nth piece of chocolate cake, some people take their bikes and ride. Some people call, you know, if you want mm. to feel good, you think of, oh, what, what can I do to feel good? It means that your brain needs a certain chemical, which is serotonin. And, and that means oh, right now I, I need to, I don't know, have a bath or read a good book or watch a good film. If you want to feel loved, and I'm not talking, I'm talking about that, that one from the core of your soul. You call your sister or your brother or you talk to your nieces and you hear how they're feeling. Everything we do is driven by... A, a, a neurochemical that you need an emotion that you feel and yes. the interpretation you make of the emotion that you feel it's not random it's in your hands mm -hmm. it's about knowing how to just breathe and say this is what i'm feeling right now and also knowing that wow there are so many choices but which one do i now intentionally choose that I, love I that can with. live with. Yeah, I love that with inter intentional, you know, choosing intentionally. Yeah, because there, there's people who just go ahead and choose without actually having a straight intention behind the, the choice, right? They're just letting themselves being driven um, in a destructive way, so to speak. Make sense? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like, I mean, everything is a choice. Like I said, you know, there are many roads to dopamine. Mm -hmm. Some people cycle, some people exercise, some people eat chocolate, some people um, go out and help someone, they volunteer, some, you know, there are many roads. But again, that's where we need to be aware of ourselves and say, what decisions am I making in my life that I can live with? Mm. On the I... flip side, you know, uh, <clears throat> on the flip side, uh, uh, and rather, just to take it further from yeah. where most were left off, is when you're looking at destructive behavior, again, that is propelled by some negative emotion, mm -hmm. uh, where somebody lacks that awareness and needs that fix. So they will turn to alcohol or some substance 
or something like that as well uh, to give them that fix, you know, to feel good. Although that's a, in a very destructive way. That yeah, doesn't that's help a destructive the body choice. in a way. Yes. yes, yes, that's a destructive choice. So again, it comes back by choice and the levels of awareness that we have and mm -hmm. how we are handling our emotions. Because I worked hugely with, with people with drug addictions um, and it, all sorts of addictions. And what came through was that emotion that was propelling that behavior. And yeah. so often when you, they, they use substance to numb out the emotion yeah. and, and they don't, they stop feeling the emotion because the pain is too much to deal with. You know, when you're looking at children that uh, came into a very toxic home from the time of conception. So yes, it can be highly destructive and that also could lead to suicide on the other hand, you know, where you can feel very high emotional well, with yeah. some drug, you know, yeah, like yeah, ecstasy yeah. or whatever. And that can give you that high, but it's an unnatural high. So yeah. what we are saying, what we are saying as, as leaders, as in facilitators of emotional intelligence, is how to access our negative emotions and let take that lid off and let it all come up. Free yourself from the pain that's allowing the anger to manifest, to allow depression to manifest. When we open that lid and let it diffuse, then you come to a place of well-being. As Emoswell just said, you allow all these chemicals in the body, the dopamine, which is a motivational hormone, the serotonin, the feel-good hormone, and all the others. Yeah. including your insulin. Vasopressin yeah. also regulates your, your blood pressure. So yeah. all of that comes into balance in your body, and that is the natural high. And therefore, meditation gives you that, mm -hmm. gives you that natural high. And therefore, you feel like, wow, you have a new zest for life, and you can live that way. It comes with lots of practice, you know? And oh, that yeah. in itself is a practice. process. It took me... It took me 30 years to get here in what I'm doing. So like yeah. we said, there's no quick fix. It will all happen when there's a readiness, when you set, as you said, pure intention. And, and that is the life we all must want at some point, is finding yourself, understanding your biochemistry, understanding the CEO of the brain, as Omozo yeah. says. That's a game changer. And, 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 and above everything one runs for to be acknowledged, I would say yes. see, see yourself. Acknowledge yes. yourself. I cannot think of anything more beautiful than to, to, to really say, I see you, Omozua. I see you. All yes. is well. Yes. That, that, with, with, it, with all of it. Just yes. Power, I think. yes, I think it's a good place to end the podcast, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what you just said, it's so beautiful, you know, self-care, self-love, uh, self-nurturing. There's no greater gift right now than to give back to self. Thank you so and much, Amosba. And you're actually leaving the audience with an incredible thing to think about. Um, so, so we would like to thank you for thank being you. with us today you are absolutely adorable and beautiful and thank you for oh, sharing thank you. <laughs> and thank you for sharing with us your adventure with uh, with the dog and how you overcame it so yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll see each other soon bye
Absolutely. Thanks. Thank, thank you, you Andrada. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Roswell. Lots thank of love you. And thank you to Rahila and Andrada. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also, and also to our viewers. Thank you, Andrada. Bye now.